shift. Ozone is my witness, and icon like icons. Keep your eyes on, don't miss this. Wait, what is this? A lot of pressure on me, but you don't know me. Man, I asked for this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, live from Koreatown, it is the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller. What's going on over there? Nothing. I'm trying to get my chi together. Yeah, oh, you getting your flow right? Yep. What's happening, Flow Rider? <laughs> Welcome to my house. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, the last you heard from us, we told you that some people would be down 2-0 or worse by the time we got back. <laughs> and guess what? Negro Domus has struck once again. And some people are at home. <laughs> and some people might be on the Ozone next week because they have free Nothing time. Nothing to do. This is the most wonderful time of the year, folks. It's the baseball playoffs. It's October. I was at Dodger Stadium for both games. Front row. Put the cameras on me. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't wait. I had the hot. I, I had the hot seats. I I got to meet legends this weekend. That was awesome. Are you crazy? I got to post up, folks, on my birthday. Thank you all for the birthday wishes. Everybody showed so much love. I got to post up with Hall of Famer Frank Robinson and his wonderful family, uh, and then they introduced me to a childhood hero, Mister and Mrs. Vin Scully. It was just outstanding. It's time for Dodger baseball. We watch you all the time. <laughs> and not just on broadcast. On 242, 247. Shucks, we seek you out. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I'm going awesome. to post a picture for everybody to be able to see it. That's but uh, cool. it was, it was wow, it was a great experience. Once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. I actually, I, I fanned out and took a picture. You fanned out. I couldn't help. I couldn't help it. Couldn't help it. Let him know. I had to let him know. You I called him Mr. Up. Scully. He told me, he called me Vin, please. You can make me feel like an old man. It's awesome. 97-year-old <laughs> man saying, don't make me feel like an old man. It's wonderful. Especially an L.A. legend. A legend. Are you kidding? Legend. He's beyond all-star. He's L.A. Yeah, legend. He's an L.A. legend. Forget about it. There's not a lot of them around. A ground ball behind first base <laughs> through Buckner's legs. <laughs> I mean, he called, he called the World Series with Billy Buckner. Tricked the, the, oh, what a game. What a guy. What a Mouse. <laughs> so we got a lot to cover today. Uh, we're going to go heavy on the baseball playoffs because that's what's happening. But then we have uh, art imitating life, imitating art down in Miami. There's some cocaine and some Miami Dolphins involved. Um, we got college football wrap up. We got some stories inside the story. But let's start off where we are now. Folks, in Major League Baseball, the division series is still happening for two of the series, one of which I think will be over by the time that you hear this broadcast, <laughs> and the other two have ended. Let's start. Where you want to start? You want to start with your squad? You love, you love them. Let's speak on it. <laughs> let's start with them young boys. Planet Houston. Let's, let's start with Houston. We have a problem. Houston does not have a problem. <laughs> Everybody else has a problem when they have to face them. They sure do, because the Houston Astros came to play, folks. So you're going to confess now. You need to come to confessional. Listen, I've already confessed my love for Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. The confession is already happened. I'm talking about the confession of them Astros. Them no, no, no. I mean, I said off the top that they were going to beat the Red Sox. You had a lot of unsure in your voice, don't you? Not about beating the Red Sox. I had unsureness about them beating the Overall, Indians. Yeah. And not Indians the are Sox. looking suspect. Indians the Indi- on the ropes. Indians are on the rope. Body bow, body blow. Knock him out. Uppercut. <laughs> they're, they're, they're one step away from being at the crib and letting the city of Cleveland down once again. I don't believe in letting the game go to game five, the situation go to game five and try to, you know, I don't we, believe, we got Kluber. I don't believe okay. in, I don't believe in that either. But are you gonna stick with one thing? Or are you gonna go you're gonna go now you on Cleveland? No, no, I'm, you jumped to Cleveland. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. Uh, this is I've been dealing with this my whole life, you guys. And you this listen is great to the footage, you'll go back we have and tape. We were on, yeah. And I said What'd you say? 
I didn't have a problem with Houston over the Red Sox. I have a problem with them over Cleveland. And you said, so you Cleveland's mean, on the ropes now. Cleveland this. Cleveland that. Then we you start talking about Cleveland. Cleveland Williams. Yes, you said Cleveland. You're the oh, one who brought up Cleveland. God. This is just. It's, Tell him to get it together. You need to work early. on your chi. You need to work on your communication, Your tai chi. Anyways, would you like to talk about Houston or you want yeah, to talk speak about on Cleveland? Houston. I like to talk about Houston and their pitching, their hitting. All effective. All effective. Only, Closing. Only, only problem that they had was the same problem I said that they had in the first place is that they brought in Liriano at one point and it cost <laughs> them the game. What the one doing? game they lost. Yeah. Well, they probably- I don't know if you can win with a guy like Liriano if you count on a guy like Liriano. He can be on your roster. But when you bring him in, you know, they ran into some trouble and they brought in Liriano and he gave up the booty immediately. This is like. That's what we brought him here for. That's, I guess so. Every time. To, every I guess they brought him in to balance the scales. <laughs> yeah. to, to, they're too Can't dominant. be too good. You know, this is, we, won't, we don't want perfection. But if we talk about the offense, forget about they it. They had the best offense in baseball this year. I mean, these young boys are not playing around real. at all. Jose Altuve is out there looking like the best hitter. He's looking like a right-handed Ted Williams. Yeah, well, not only that, though, they play great defense. You play great defense. You don't not like these other teams that are in the playoffs right now. You're playing above average defense. You have good pitching and you swing the stick. They're tight up the middle. Tight up the middle. I mean tight. Brian McCann to Altuve and Correa. And uh, Springer in the middle. And then to Springer up uh, in center field. Even though I felt like he should have caught that. Did you ever get to see I it? I didn't get to see it. I felt like he should have caught that ball last night. The Devers got the inside the park home run on. Um but Either way it goes, Houston is in the next round, and they are going to pose a problem because now they have time to reset their rotation. Yep. Um, I actually thought A.J. Hinch was a little suspect for bringing in Verlander yesterday because he was playing it like it was a do-or-die game for him. And me personally, I would have rather had – I would feel more comfortable with Justin Verlander on the bump in game five than Dallas Keuchel. But – I wouldn't because the Red, the Red Sox are a left-handed hitting squad. But one of the things that I think that he should have done was bring him in in a clean inning. I think that's the only thing that they should have done because in a clean inning, then you let him feel like more like he's starting the game. Yes. Because he's never relieved before, and that was his first time. And, and Andrew showed. Benintendi was not impressed. And he was not impressed. And he left the yard. On like a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. Left the yard. Pulled it, too. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, so what? Uh, Why? I'm at the Why house. not? Why? Okay. LeVar <laughs> Ball showed up and said, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just – overall, I'm just impressed with the Houston Astros. It seems like every single night there's somebody you can't get out in the lineup. Right, and then you can pull a guy off like Carlos Beltran. You can pull him off the bench. Unreal. Oh, come on, man! They pulled him off the bench yesterday in a prime time situation. And he didn't try to do. Too, he didn't try to do too much. I'm just going to great at bat. Yeah, I'm going to bang it off that wall over there. That's what it's up there for. And he got the job done. Yeah, and uh, you know Rick Sutcliffe. I don't know if it was the same on television. I was listening on the radio. He brought up a very good point. What did Rick bring up? <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm smoking a doobie in my 71 Volkswagen van. This guy throws me a slider. And I'm like, I got 22 windows, bro. <laughs> Glass house. No, so he, so he uh so what he was saying and and I talk about this all the time during the games. The coaches have this terrible thing now where they do these sneak previews in games that don't matter. Right. And for some reason, why are you showing your hand? John Farrell put Craig Kimbrell in in an at bat against Carlos Beltran in one of those blowout games in Houston. And they say they're just trying to get him some work. I don't believe he that. got him some work. <laughs> he got him some work. He got him some work You're last happy night. Now you got him some work. He got him some work last night. And that's how it ends up going. You why you guys guys like Craig Kimbrell, Kenley Jansen, your closers, guys that you don't get to see often enough to time to, you know, to actually right. make a difference. There's a reason for that. Exactly. 
That's why they're so effective. Not just because their stuff is that much so dominant. It's dominant. It's dominant. But, but a lot of guys got yeah. Got but a lot big of guys. Arms I don't, yeah, but I don't get to see you that often. I don't get to so see you often enough. If I see you three times, usually if you watch your pitchers who go through the rotation three times, their average goes up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. The offense and the reason why it goes yeah, way up. It goes way up because I've seen you now. Yeah. Yeah. And Kimbrell, you'll see him once in a game, and that's lights out. You're like, oh my god, what was that? And then, and then, truth be told, say you play a three game set against them, unless you're in their division, and they just got through playing them last weekend before the playoffs started. Right. So maybe you see him three, four times the whole year. Right. That's devastating. He comes up with what he because he, he's got cheese. He cards people I mean, up. Major, major cheese. I like his cheese more than Raldis. Oh, one hundred percent. His cheese moves. Yeah, we divide the dish explosive. before when he, thro- when he throws. Honestly, I don't think anybody's got better cheese than Thor. Yeah, Thor has the best cheese I've ever seen ever in life. Like he has like Nolan Ryan cheese. Yeah, well, you saw Nolan Ryan, so yeah, Nolan Ryan is not even. <laughs> he's in a whole other category. <laughs> Nolan Ryan, it's has, not even cheese. It's not even cheese. It's, what is it? Yeah, Velveeta fuzz. <laughs> That's just straight fuzz. But yeah, so so then you bring in Kimbrough a few days before, and now you see what happens. You've given them a sneak preview. I mean, Josh Reddick with the at-bat of the year for the Astros, to be honest, because he fought him off. That was a great at-bat. Yeah, that was awesome. You go eight, nine pitches, anything over five pitches with these closers, you're doing your work. I like a lot of work that they did with uh, Chris Sale. I mean, those guys, Chris Sale is one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball. And a kid like Bregman. To and he focused up. And you he can focused see that. Up, he came in and dealt. And he's very cocky. And I know people don't like athletes to be cocky, but that's what makes them who they are. You know what I'm it's saying? It's a big component. Yeah, so he, he showed up. Against a big time pitcher, this kid is this. What is his second second year of year and a half? I was about to say they called up Bregman right after the All Star break last year yeah. because I met him at the All Star game yeah, when sure that kid did, ran right? into me. Right. Yeah, 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 sure did. And you and I had just talked about him, and then I met him at a party. I said, "Oh, I said, man, my brother was just talking about yeah. you. He was pumped." Yeah, I said, that, that kid Bregman's a stud, man, <laughs> <laughs> and he tattooed your boy, man, man, big clutch, clutch play. And so, so when we look at that situation, it's not just that game. The first two games were total domination, and it was never – the game was never even close. Like, and, this, and this is against good pitching because Drew Pomerantz is a good pitcher and Chris Sale is a good pitcher. Yeah, and they then put up seven runs against Chris Sale. Yeah, and then they got into the bullpen and they hit their closers. I mean, you, bring, <laughs> you hang them, we bang them, bring yeah, them out. Yeah, and they, but the thing that I have to give them credit for is that they hit good pitches. And then, I agree. And then some of the good pitches, they fouled them off, and that's what you do as they a good hitter. Them. Uh-huh. And now that's what was surprising to me. I have to say, this is where I had underestimated the Houston Astros, mm-hmm. is because I thought with the youth in the lineup, you could trick them, everybody except for Altuve, you know, perennially hitting 340-something. You could trick them into to chasing. And I told you they had shut down, uh, cut down on their strikeouts a lot. Well, and also another person you spoke about that that is balling is Marvin Gonzalez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Marvin Gonzalez is Marvin defensively Gonzalez is and problem. offensively, he's it's out there doing his work. Yeah, he's a super utility. He's a super utility. I thought they hurt him when they hit him yesterday. Uh, yeah, thank God he didn't. He didn't have to come out of the lineup. But yeah, one thing that concerned me was when they got to Boston in the game that they lost, and even in the game yesterday, they kept the Boston pitchers on the ropes and in trouble. But they didn't. They didn't execute. They got those big hits all year. They got those big hits in the first couple games of the, mm-hmm. of the series. And they couldn't get them the last couple days, but eventually they came through. I mean, it's just they put so the much playoffs, pressure. Though, you know, they put so much pressure on the other team. Right. They're always on base. Well, and then you look at the pitchers' pitch count in the fourth inning, and he's got like eighty pitches. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Especially in this era of the pitch count, that's big. I, I'm. I have to say, I'm actually pretty impressed with Rick Porcello. You could argue Rick Porcello had the best start out of any of the the Boston starters, right? But they didn't really give him a chance, though. 
They hooked and booked on him. Yeah, but he got out of trouble. I think he went four, didn't he? He went four and then said three, three. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm impressed with Houston. Weak spots, in my opinion, um, that middle relief, because obviously you're not going to come in with Justin Verlander all the time. I was surprised that Brad Ke- blah, blah, blah. I was surprised that Brad Peacock ran into so much trouble, yeah. to be honest, um, because he's been actually very consistent. But you know what? This is a, a long, long season for him. He yeah. wasn't a starter. He was a reliever. Yeah. And he's been stretched out, but he hasn't been able to pitch like a starter for the, you know, for a whole year. Yeah. So he's been working out of the bullpen, and you're really asking a lot of him right now. I yeah. Would, I don't, I'm wondering what happened to Lance McCullers. I, it seems like his arm is just hanging by a thread. Right. You got a guy that throws 97, 98 that is in love with his curveball. Yeah. He has the highest, I think, the highest percentage of curveballs uh, <laughs> of, of anybody. He spins them. He spins them. Why? I have no idea. Why? Because what are you doing? I think that this is a, par- a product of being young because they love the strikeouts. You know, and he strikes so many people out. Yeah. But you just have to learn how to pitch to contact sometimes. Then you save your bullpen because you're in the game longer, you know, instead of just striking everybody out. It takes a lot of pitches to strike people out. Yeah. But they use him in relief. He didn't even get a start. And, I know. And then he wasn't effective in relief, no. actually. No. Yeah. Well, I would say that I have to say uh, I was impressed with Ken Giles. Ken Giles pulled himself together yesterday yeah. to get that that five out save, five or six out save. I love that the playoffs gives the the coaches license to say, you know what, I can use my guy for more than an inning. Right. I, I love that. I don't see what the problem is with that. Well, and during the season, it's a problem because you have 162 games. But you know, yeah. in the playoffs, this is it. I mean, yeah. this is going. You're going home. Yeah. If you don't get it together yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, so then, so then they're moving on, and who they're moving on against is to be determined by a, point flip right now. a game five situation. Now, who's supposed to start for the Yankees? Is my question. I don't know. Who do you, do you come I back with? Probably CC. CC didn't pitch bad against them the first time. C- they win the game if they leave CC Sabathia in that game. In, I don't know if in, they win the game, but they still would have. They if, were up eight to three. Yeah, they're up eight to three. I mean, and CC was dealing. I know, but you know what? CC is more of a five and dive now. I don't. Not that night. He was, he, was, he, was, he was nice. He was, I'm not saying was, that he wasn't nice. He was. But, he was. You know, he was. But in, the wheels can fall off so fast in those situations like that. He was in control. So what he wasn't doing was walking people. It That's wasn't. Crucial. You know what I mean? And 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 we keep seeing this time and time again throughout the playoffs. All of these relievers run into trouble walking people. Yesterday, uh, yesterday, the the Washington Nationals lost a game by bad management from Dusty Baker, in my opinion. But <laughs> but but because he brings in a reliever who then gets out of a jam, gives up the run, gives up the booty to tie the game, but then he brings in uh, the reliever, walks the the leadoff man in the bottom of the eighth. What are you doing? You can't do that. I'm giving you the Dusty Baker. And then what happens is is that the Cubs, because Joe Madden has his team prepared, and they're fundamentally, even though they made four errors, they're a fundamentally sound team. You know what happens? You walk a guy, John Jay's in the lineup. Jay comes up, and he sacrifices that guy to second base. He gets the job done. Next thing you know, we get a blooper. The game is over. Right. It's just um, Dusty Baker's unbelievable to me. I told you the Cubs were going to win that series, and I just couldn't. They might not. I just, I would be amazed if Tanner Roark shuts the Cubs down today. Tanner Roark it has not been that bad, but I he's been be, pretty bad. He recently has no, not the, been that not, bad. Not recently, but but he's been pretty bad this season in comparison to his norm. Right. I felt like Tanner Roark would actually seemed like he turned because the corner if they, last if they go year. Go to a game five. I would take Washington in a game five because they have the the arms. The the Cubs don't have the arms to compete with them in a game five situation, guys. You, then you're talking about them pulling out Strasburg well, and you going Strasburg and Geo and all that kind of stuff. You know, so you can pull pull those guys out. I'm not. When you so- watch the games, they don't look like they believe in Washington. It, when you, I've, I watched the game yesterday. The only person who looks like he believes 
is Max Scherzer. And, I, and, and, Bryce and, Daniel, Harper does. and Daniel Murphy. Bryce Harper looks a little indifferent to me. He doesn't. But that's because of his need, injury, I do yeah, believe. Because yeah, but he, I, he's a, a kid that needs his confidence because that's he, it. he hasn't been able to get his hacks. The minor, minor leagues is over, so he, he can't get tuned in. Yeah, he and he needs to play like Puig plays. He yeah. needs to play with that fire. That's his style. Of, right. that's, that's his play. That's his style. Zimmerman cares. Actually, that's not true. Zimmerman yeah. cares. I don't think Rendon cares enough. I think Jason Worth cares, but there's only so much he's physically. I able think to Rendon do now. is just a kickback type of guy. You know, he's not a he's not an intense player. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, and I need my guys intense. I yeah. like my guys. Yeah, but I, he gets I, the job done. He's nice. He had a big bomb the other night. Had a big bomb. Yeah, you got a kid like Trey Turner though. Trey Turner looks like the lights are too bright for him. They're too bright. Trey Turner, and that's a surprise for me because he has all the tools to put on his his stunner like shades. Tooler, man. He's got it all. He could be the superstar of the league. He could actually be like the next Mike Trout. He could be the next Derek Jeter because he's at shortstop and he's got it all. I wouldn't and, go that far. And, <laughs> I can't give him Jeter because Jeter's never played like this in post. Never. It was, never. Uh, not the even blanks, game. The not even, when he brought him up. Never. Never. He wanted so it so bad. So you, you, you speak, I speak with forked tongue. Don't speak I said he could be. <laughs> no. I, I'm giving you him potential. You can't even do that. Giving him the potential. You can't. After what I've seen this, these, these three games, I can't do that. You're right. Uh, because... I don't see Trey Turner. I don't know if he's gotten a hit in the series. Mm-hmm. He's the real spark plug to that offense. They need him. They need him, especially if Bryce Harper is not tuned in. Exactly. They need him to put pressure on the other team, and he's not there doing that. He, Yesterday, on base at all, he's not walking. Yeah. He's not getting hit. Yeah, he's, he's swinging got, at bad pitches. He's yeah. having bad at bats. Bad yeah. at bats. And I, I, it just seems like somebody needs to take him to the side, a coach or another player, and be like, <laughs> yeah, you going to jail now. It's it's uh, Yeah, today is, is go time. I don't know who's starting for the Cubbies, but I know Tanner Roark is starting for the uh, – Quintana gave you a good start. Quintana, it, you know what it reminded me of? What? Him in the World Baseball Classic at the beginning of the year because he dealt in the World sure Baseball did. Classic and like on, on like three or four games, and that was before he was even loose. That was Jake Arrieta today. Mm. And, uh, and that was before he was even, you know – that was before the season started. He was he was loose or anything, and he dealt for the nation. And and now, why, I, why help riddle me this, Batman? Why are coaches bringing in relief pitchers who are not better than the starter they're taking out? I what have. are you doing, Dusty Baker? Matt <laughs> Scherzer has a no hitter going. Would have had a perfect game had it not been for bad defense. Right, give up a knock. He gives up one hit. In the seventh inning. And now Dusty I comes gotta, out. Take you. <laughs> Dusty came out, and, and I don't know if you saw it or not. Dusty came out. It looked like they had a conversation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he came out with his hand out, like, give me the ball. Mm-hmm. They had a conversation, which ended up somehow or another with Max on the bench. And Solis comes in and immediately gives up the booty. Immediately. Just bad coaching. That's a, I mean, bottom line, that's all you can say. There's no reason to take Max Scherzer out of the game. I mean, I'm not going to bring somebody. He wasn't somebody, even at 100 pitches. He, and that's their little plateau thingy. You know, like you get to 100, I got to take you out. If anybody can get out of that situation. It would be him. It's Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is a gamer. He's a gamer. And I mean, he's got the craziest him and Kershaw stuff in the are game. The, you know, and I actually, at this point, I would take him I, over Kershaw. I would take him over Kershaw right now. Yeah. I definitely would. And, and, it, and in game five, you're going to see him. If they make it to game five, believe Mad Max is going to make an appearance and he's going to deal. I don't know with Dusty. Yeah, do you know Might what? try to save him for the first game. Then <laughs> 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 he's not going to play. First game of spring training. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's how we do it. And then you bring in Oliver Perez instead of bringing in your closer. You hate to, face, no to face Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> this isn't hate. Oliver Perez isn't up to code. I mean, at low key, low key, he got a little flare that, that, that Trey Turner should have caught. Right. That he should have caught that. 
that that ball stayed up in the air for about three seconds, three or four seconds. Listen, you have to run forties and sixties in baseball, and you have to do them within under six seconds, four seconds, and all that kind of stuff. You're going to tell me that you can't run a direct line or di- directly behind you with that ball being up in the air for at least four seconds? You're already anticipating. Michael Taylor, or Trey Turner's got to get to the ball. I give Jason Worth a pass, actually. Michael but Taylor, I don't, I, I know, don't know where he was playing. Michael I know your Taylor boy had crazy thump, come but on, that man. was way too far because you could even throw thrown out a runner. You know, at that point, dude, there's no way you throw anybody yeah. out at that point. Michael Taylor had to be on the warning track to start that play <laughs> because he's really fast. Yes, he is really, really fast. He ran down something earlier in the game. Him and Trey Turner are really fast, and they let a ball hang up. Literally, that ball had to hang for three seconds, close to three seconds. I, I'd and, say, and for people yeah. who don't play the sport, three seconds is, is enough time is for a basketball player to get from one side of the court. LeBron James can get from baseline to baseline in less than five seconds. Yeah. And if it's a straight sprint with no ball, he can get there in five seconds with dribbling the ball. If it's a straight sprint, LeBron James can get there one side of the court to the other in less than five seconds. Five seconds, you let Mike Trout run for five seconds straight. And for for three seconds. <laughs> for three seconds, Mike Trout is in the showers. Yeah. He's in the dugout. I mean, I just the ball was hanging out. I was watching. I was like, is somebody going to catch the ball? But you know what? This is uh, the same thing that happened in Arizona with David Peralta. These guys, I don't see guys giving up the body anymore. I don't understand what's going on with that. I didn't see a dive out there. Did somebody die for that ball? Nobody dove. Everybody pulled Give up. Give me a fake it, dive. It, 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 led, it dropped within the three of Worth, Turner, and Taylor. And Worth was the closest one to dive in. And Worth is a big man, so he looked like he just didn't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. Come on, man. You got to give up the body. I need you to dive, even if you're not close. I'm with guys, you. The, the run is going to score. The run is scoring. It's two outs. Come on. Give it up. And give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're looking at double DC. I personally think the Cubs in the series today, which sets up the clash of the, the Titans, Doyers. a rematch for Los Doyers. The Doyers. Because I but don't it, even know if we need to speak much on this Dodgers-Arizona series. It was anticlimactic. I think that personally the biggest thing that I think that came out of that series is what I saw. It was one that Yasiel Puig is dialed in, which is good for the Dodgers, really good for the Dodgers. Two is that uh, Dave Roberts has his team prepared, unlike a lot of these other managers, because the, the Dodgers look focused. When you're at the game, they're, you know, and they got they got a great lineup, man. Justin Turner is such a key to that lineup. And three, I don't, and most importantly, I don't think Clayton Kershaw is 100%. I don't think. Or 100%. anywhere near 100%. I don't either. And not only that, that's why I don't feel like they're going to make it to the World Series. You can't do it without him. Yeah. because you, Even though you look good you yesterday. Look good, yes. But I'm not impressed, though, simply because the Arizona Diamondbacks looked terrible. They looked like they weren't prepared. They didn't look like they wanted it. They just looked like they were happy to be there. And yeah, that's but they But what even in all that, they can still swing the stick. That place is a baby homer dome down there, and they swing I the stick. I saw Paul Goldschmidt swinging at stuff that didn't even start out as a strike. Which was a surprise. Which was a a, a big surprise because he's the, like the most disciplined hitter that they have on their squad, and he wasn't. He was out of character. Yeah, that was like yesterday. But but the first two games he was locked, and I actually sat right behind the dugout, and literally he's on the top step watching, taking dry hacks mm-hmm. with JD Martinez the whole nine. Mm-hmm. Paul Goldschmidt's a gamer. Um, and shout out to Chris Herman for trying to offer me and my guests Snickers. He decided to throw us some Snickers from the crowd because it really <laughs> satisfies, I guess. Uh, yeah, so so you know that this is the to me that's the news flash. I don't know what they're gonna do to try to get him. I don't know exactly what's wrong with Kershaw's back because you got him giving up home runs and he's walking people and, and very the, uncharacteristic. And the other thing that he's doing is he's using his whole arsenal in the first inning. Yeah, I just think that that might be a bad pitch selection. That might be something on Yasmani. Maybe because in that game that he pitched uh, Friday against the Diamondbacks. As usual, like with all the great pitchers, he ran into a little trouble in the first inning. Mm-hmm. 
but the guy ends up throwing curveballs to big Uncle Charlie and everything in the first inning. Very surprising. He has four pitches that he can throw for strikes, and he throws all four of them in like in the first inning. And he never did that and before. He never did that before. Before you should, you'd have to establish that you guys can hit the fastball, and that gets me through the first time through the lineup. Especially since he uses his fastball like four different pitches. Yeah, you know, so that's yep. a problem in itself. Yeah. So I don't know. I will say this: you had to eat some curl on this one. You know who balled? Oh. Logan Forsythe. He did. I saw him. <laughs> I can't front. Why I you was, do that, Logan? I was watching. I was like, wow, Logan wants it. But you have to put him in there, you, either him or Chase Utley. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah you yeah, had yeah, to yeah. use him. So moving on to this last piece before we go into the preview, um, what about this Cleveland Yankee game coming up? I, I think mean, the Cleveland's Kluber. in trouble. I don't know. I personally feel like Kluber's going to be on the proper rest now. I felt like Kluber was in trouble because uh, it is CC. Oh, that CC's probably so happy. Yeah, I think that Kluber and the the Cleveland Indians are in trouble just because they gave them confidence last time. They scored. they have the momentum. Yeah, well, the Yankees scored runs off of him early last time, and that's big. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. with them scoring runs off of him early, they know that they can get to him, which is very very important. You know? But, yes and no. I mean, he was on that. He had that extra day. It doesn't of rest, matter, but that that doesn't take away the confidence. No, from no, them. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. and and, talk- and they don't Cleveland doesn't have any confidence against CC because he shut them down. Pretty exactly. Much. Now you don't have Encarnacion. And That's ho- a, that seems to be the biggest thing going. To me, it, the he's, biggest he's thing totally changed. Their lineup seems like they just can't get it going without him. The biggest thing to me is that they shut down Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez is and locked, he's, and he's been and like he's the core. He is. He's the Cobra core. He's mm-hmm. been like Jose Altuve. He's been like he, he gets big hits, bombs, doubles. So this is going to hurt him next year too because all the teams are looking like, oh, okay, this is what we need to do to him because he can't even get on base. I'm I'm talking about he looks baffled up there. He looks pretty bad. But Carlos Santana swinging it. Um, but I'd like to know. What happened to your man Urshley at third base yesterday? Jeez Louise, did yeah, he Urshley, have a rough day? He was he stunk the joint up and he hurt the squad. Bad. You're personally responsible for five. four unearned I runs? Five, five, five. five unearned runs? Five earnings. You can't do that. You can't. <laughs> I, can't have, I think I'll have to sit you this next game. I don't think you're ready. I need to have a conversation with you at the very least. I don't even need to have a conversation. You gotta sit down. I can't trust you. The pitchers can't trust him. The pitchers need to know that when we defensively align the situation, when I look at the charts and everything, that if I throw you this pitch, that it's going to third base and it's going to be able to get the outs that I need to get. I need to know that. I need to know that. I need to know that. Just like we saw in the Dodgers situation when the when the, I don't remember who was pitching, but with Cattell Marte, and they got the ground ball when the infield was in. It was Archie Bradley. And Archie went, Bradley yeah. got the ground ball and Cattell Marte let it go right through the wickets. And went through the wickets. I mean, And that cost him that game. Yeah, and the pitchers need to know and trust their players to know that they're going to do their job. That's it. Otherwise, and, they try to overcompensate and strike everybody out, and that's exactly. when they give up the booty. Exactly. Like Kershaw has been doing for the past few years. So then with Ursula, it, you go back and do the same thing. You put him in this game. I know that Tito probably want to keep, you know, keep the kids' confidence up and everything, yeah. but it'll hurt them. I don't know who the other option is. That's the thing. You have um, Jose Ramirez plays everywhere. Yeah, but who then? Who plays second? You have uh, who's on first? No, what's on first? You can bring Kipnis in. <laughs> you could bring Kipnis hurt the team. Kipnis is not a center fielder. He hurt the team out in center field. <laughs> Why is he in center field? From deep shortstop, he couldn't throw out Todd Frazier on a sack fly from Brett Gardner. That literally standing flat footed, standing the ball, didn't get behind the ball, stood flat footed. Terrible work. This is this is not major league work. But that's not his fault. That's not his fault. He's not a center fielder. He's not. A, he's a second baseman. So you can't be surprised when he doesn't play. And especially, you didn't take him and put him in left field. You put him in center field. I don't understand why Austin Jackson is not playing in center field. I don't either. I don't either. But I think some of these coaches may outcoach themselves, and this would be a hell of a redemption for Joe Girardi if he comes back and wins this series. Right. Because he's, because they're talking about him being out of there now. Can you believe that? That's He's crazy. been a great coach. 
A great coach. And talking about him going to the Mets. Wow. Well, at least he wouldn't have to move. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Know, what an optimist. Wow. CC against Kluber. Jeez. It's, hard, you got? it's hard to bet against CC Sebastian. <laughs> CC has got your boy. It's because he's my boy, but because it's of history. CC's a big time pitcher. Yeah, but you know, CC's on the other side of his game right now. I don't know if you watch game three. He looked like he was on the game he two. Was. He was on the right side of his yeah, game. He was. Uh, but but if I'm, I'm Uber gets you in a tight one, then what are you going to do? The Yankees are dependent on that bullpen. Tito's th- uh, strategy yesterday looks like it was um, about them using their bullpen, him trying to exhaust their bullpen for game for game five, you know, so then yeah. he'll have the upper hand. Well, I'm I'm going with Corey Kluber because I've been saying the Indians are the best team in so baseball. Yeah, stick with it. Stick to your guys. And I got to ride it out, even though I would really like to see Evan Encarnacion play in the game. It seems like Cleveland, maybe they are cursed. They just can't. Things just don't flow for them. I mean, a fluke. Evan Encarnacion goes to, to make sure he doesn't get doubled up and stretches the ligament in his ankle? Yeah. You kidding me? That looked bad, too. Looked really bad. I'm and, surprised you kids still, they still haven't found a way to get him up. And, yeah. You know, yeah, give yeah. me the Kirk Gibson or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might see him in game five. Might. I don't, I don't know if he's got that kind of thing with him, though. That's interesting. Um, so, coming, I mean, the preview is going to be pretty clear. We can... Only talk about one if it goes that way, which would be the rematch of the Cubs and the Dodgers. And wow, I can't wait for that. That's going to be this is big markets. It's big money going on in the playoffs yeah, right now. It's big money, man. So, Cubs and the Dodgers. Cubs and the Dodgers at the seven game series starting but at you the know ravine what? this Friday. Yeah, this is Saturday. The Dodgers really don't want to see the Nationals either because just because of Daniel Murphy. <laughs> Daniel Murphy is a Dodger killer. Man, Daniel Murphy looks confused up there at the dish nowadays. I guess so. Mess around with Dusty Baker. Man, man, it's bad news. All right, folks, that's our baseball talk. It was delicious, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> We're going to move on now to a story that broke yesterday in the NFL. What is going on in Miami? Like party town. I no like doubt about it. Offensive coach, uh, offensive line coach Chris Forrester resigned. And he issued the statement yesterday. I'm resigning from my position with the Miami Dolphins and accept full responsibility for my actions. I want to apologize to the organization, and my sole focus is on getting the help that I need with the support of my family and medical professionals. Well, once again, folks, this is coming back to this pesky kneeling protest. And I say pesky because it's been hijacked, it's been misconstrued, it's been remixed. I think Diplo did a remix on it, Calvin Harris has one, R. Kelly's throwing a remix on it, and now Donald Trump dropped his hot 16. (laughs) And, uh, and... You saw the the confusion that took place with Mike Pence and the the political stunt of him coming to the game just so he could leave the game. Right? Don't they have something else to do? Unbelievable. They, they yeah they do, but they'd rather distract you by talking about something that's not what's supposed to be. They they'd rather just lie basically. Right. So what's going on? How this connects to Miami is the owner of the Dolphins. Uh, Stephen Ross, who had come out and said he was going to hire Kaepernick, but his coach specifically asked for Jay Cutler and then said the players should express themselves and should kneel and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. He came out and has changed his stance. He came out and said that since President Donald Trump had made the protest about patriotism, he now disagreed with the move. And Coach Adam Gase had forced three of his players to stand uh, to stay in the tunnel during the anthem rather than protest on the field. Couple hours later, a, a model from Las Vegas went to Facebook to blast the organization for the move, and along with her blasting, 
She pulled out a video of the offensive line coach snorting three super long lines of cocaine, taking a taking that 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 candy straight into his nose, and and said so quick to make excuses for him, but will roast the minority player over an anthem, dog fights, weed, domestic issues, etc. She put the picture. She put the video up of him getting high and said, "But y'all keep saying all lives matter, huh? Shut the fuck up." If his ass was black, they would be dragging him through the mud face first. That was her statement. Wow. And this is her statement was to show that everybody's boo-boo stinks. Yeah. And uh, now, again, he's he's resigned for this. I wanted to speak about, one, I think I got more traction out of this on Twitter than maybe than this guy did because everybody's asking, Charles Green, why did you hire this guy? <laughs> Charles Green, you should take over for them, blah, 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 blah. So I, I felt like, one, I appreciate everybody's support, <laughs> which was cool. Uh, and uh, two, you know, this is a wild situation in the NFL because with the protest situation now, with the way that it's been hijacked, nobody can win. No, yeah. Nobody can win here. If the players stop the protest, then it looks like they punked out and they're not unified. If, which they're not and, and if the pa- if the, the parents if the if the if the president and the owners say no it's cool then they don't appeal to their base the the middle of the country base right but there's no answer nor is there any equality or interest in what the no original resolution. protest was about there's no resolution when I was on the talk show the uh last year when when Colin first started it and Kaepernick first started it I said I would definitely support him if I was on the team as long as he had a clear-cut resolution. What ends the protest? So in this scenario, the protest is about authorities killing unarmed black people, black and brown people, and not being charged for it. Right. So what's the answer? Like, are they looking for legislation? Are they what where where do we come with an answer? And then on the flip side, the politicians now have gotten involved. And it seems like this is just a total power flex. Well, yeah, and it's like it's turned into a situation where it's them against us. It's a t- complete division. And when we're all supposed to be together, this is one nation, one country. Getting down just for the funk of it. I mean, come on, man. George Clinton already let you know. And we're under a groove. Yeah, and but we're not, though. But we're not. We're under a rut right now. We're in a rut because we can't get over the hump by just saying that everybody should be equal. And in in asking for equality, it seems that it offends the hierarchy for some reason. You're saying, we're saying as people, let's be equal. Not more than, not less than, just be equal. And they're saying no. They're literally saying no. They have a plantation mentality. They're saying, it's about the flag. Stop (laughs) disrespecting the soldiers. Right. And and how many soldiers have come out and said that, you know. They're purposely misconstruing the message. Right. It's the same thing that when you, like, if you want to get, if you want to waste a day of your life, start talking about police brutality and violence against minorities uh, on Twitter. And someone, one of the very first things that'll come up is some meathead will say, "Yeah, but you guys should talk about black on black crime." What does it have to do with the high, with the authorities abusing their power? Who have been hired to protect and They're serve? Supposed to be professionals. And I'm gonna tell you something else. You know what else it doesn't have to do with? Is that in itself is a false narrative of yes. black on black crime? And I'm gonna tell you why. The majority of crime and violent crime perpetrated against white people is perpetrated by white people. 
83, 84% of crime committed against white people is, is white on white crime. Right. So the idea that people live in America in segregated ways in these communities actually has a lot to do with whether or not who's who's doing what. And also how they police. You know, because if you police in you're primarily people of color, if you just go to police in their areas, obviously you're going to find more crime. If you go to more an affluent area, you don't see police officers or cars sitting on every corner pulling people over nonstop. You don't see raids. Yeah, you don't see raids. And so 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 thus you don't see them doing cocaine in their homes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see as many tickets, you don't see any of that. You I know? mean, my man was snorting the cocaine right before a team meeting. It could have been baby powder. I doubt it. Which would have been worse. <laughs> he and, would have been and, on that flocker. And, and uh, yeah, and he would probably have cancer because they, that's why they have that class action lawsuit <laughs> going against with the baby father. Uh, but yeah, but you know, and this situation, I just, I would love to hear some ideas about resolution because at this point, this is just about division. It's total, you hit it right on the head, in my opinion. It's total them versus us. And now that them is the owners, the president, uh, and his administration, and versus the players and they're then the people who support the players yeah and I'm, I'm blown away by even with jerry jones jerry jones had made this little pack with donald trump which was a a ploy like we had said before uh-huh when he came out uh-huh and now he's going to say that he's going to sit the players whoever protests whoever takes a knee is going to be sat guess what this is when everybody needs to unify not just players of color but all of the players because they don't understand that it's an attack on all of them they they're testing their unification at this point it's not just about the the players of color so in that they're breaking their union in a sense you know what i'm saying yeah, no doubt about it it's another way to make sure that they don't have to uh that that, that they, don't they, to, they don't have to guarantee those contracts yes, for the majority yes. of the people and, it's and a fear give them health care it's another fear tactic yeah so if you don't do what we say you're going and this is exercise your right, which is part of the Constitution. There's no other job that I know of that you can't exercise your right. And, you know, as far as the constitutionally and say if, if somebody came and said, hey, if you say this about the flag or whatever, then you're going to get fired. You can't you can't do that. You can't stop anybody from. Well, it's not even. And the thing is, is it's not even again that that rides into the false narrative. It's not about the flag. Yeah, it's but, not even about the yeah, flag. Yeah, that's true. And, but I'm just using that as an analogy. Yeah, when, I know. When they want to use that, you and, know. And but, what I'm saying is not even about that. So they they've successfully hijacked the the mission in in general. Yeah, which is genius in a certain. It's an evil genius in a certain way. All of the Dallas Cowboys should sit down. I I I, I really feel it. Then what is he going to do? Let Dak and Ezekiel Elliott and Des Bryant and all his primetime players sit down. It's going to be interesting to see because now it's it's a constant pissing contest, and I don't see how anybody wins to be honest. Yeah. Um. And now because it has to, be, there's no end goal. No, and because and and with what you just said right there, that's what ESPN's Jamel Hill said, and she said, you know what, we should people should boycott the the sponsors who support the Dallas Cowboys. How and about should, that? Yeah, and they should do the same thing for ESPN for getting for, for putting her down. And then they put her down for two weeks. Yeah, they put the homie down. Yeah, that's not cool. And because she has an opinion. Because she has an opinion. It's in the contract. Can't voice that opinion. Yeah, that's that's not in the contract. Though, no, that I can't exercise my rights. That's in that's that apparently it is in their contract. It's Disney, so it's like it's it's the it's whatever you know whatever they put in the contract is in the contract. <laughs> so like you read it's it. There, it's their morals and ethics clause that that they do. You now, know, morally or ethically, what has she done wrong besides state her opinion, which wasn't offensive? She was actually speaking facts. It wasn't like she made something up. No, no, no. I listen. I'm with you. But what I'm saying is, is that that company has decided to do something like all of these companies have mm -hmm. decided to do now to kind of assuage their fan base to make sure that nobody's 
feathers are too ruffled. A little massage. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do that. And now then you have uh um class A bigot Mike Ditka came out again today and said that maybe he's not watching so closely, but there hasn't been any oppression in the last hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> he said maybe I'm not watching as carefully as other people, but I haven't seen uh a suddenly oppression has become a big deal. But I haven't seen any oppression in the last hundred years. This is the problem. Therein lies the problem. My thing is this. To everybody that's listening out there, the cool thing about my career and the way that I grew up was that I had the uh, chameleon ability to be accepted by a lot of people. And for everybody out there listening, I would love for you guys to really think about, do you think that people of color are all on the same side of this issue for uh, uh, by coincidence? Do you think that there is a black or brown meeting that takes place once a, a week where all of the, the brothers and the Latinos get together and say, look, man, this is on the agenda, bro. We're going to unite and band about this. No, this is the experience that it is to be black and brown in America. And this is now the opportunity for everybody to voice about it. And somehow or another, it, there's a handful of people across the color line who actually understand it. And it's really unfortunate that it's only a handful of people because you literally have Mike Dicker here saying that there hasn't been any oppression in the United States since 1970. That statement in itself is like it's it's not it's not even funny. No, it's not even funny. It's just this is it's this is a terrible thing to let come out of your mouth. Yeah. I mean, and that shows you where the mentality of the Jerry Joneses and all of of that generation is, Uh, which includes President Trump. Yeah. Jim Crow, the Jim Crow laws ended in 1964. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? It's it's still been within 100 years that the government gave a city of black people syphilis on purpose and let it run wild untreated to see what the result was going to be, which resulted in all sorts of deformities and mental illnesses and generational problems. And there's been no oppression? Come on, man. This is this is absurd where we are. And I all I can say is that I hope that this powder keg, which will eventually completely erupt, is some sort of conduit to the healing. Um, but somehow or another, people are going to have to get on the same page. And I know that in my generation, hip hop did a lot to help that in that white kids were the people buying hip hop. Right. And in that they were exposed to something and, and things that they weren't ever exposed to before that hopefully allow them to think more critically about the situation. I just want to know what the problem is with just treating people right. What is wrong with that? Well, Why the, is it- the problem is, is in your mind, right is relative. So that if relatively you don't see right as... Well, yeah, because Mike Dicker sees... See, Mike Dicker yeah. is... He, he, he can take a lie detector test. He, he believes this. Yeah. This that's isn't... True. You know what I mean? That, that's the part that's most disturbing. Yeah, it's true. It, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable what's going down. And then you see Adrian Peterson got traded to the Cardinals. It's good. It's a good move. <laughs> it's a good move, but it's just hilarious because I remember when we talked at the beginning of this season and we were talking about who had the better chance for a bounce back, Marshawn Lynch or AP. And you were like, Drew Brees isn't going to give AP the ball, so it doesn't matter who they get. It, that's, that's known across. Drew Brees is, if he's on the one yard line, he's going to pass it. <laughs> Drew Brees is going to pass the ball. He doesn't care about running the ball. Man, and apparently neither does Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> well, he cares about passing. He just can't. No, he no, can't. no. He doesn't care about running. Oh. I'm not saying that he doesn't care. Drew Brees cares about passing. That's the point. <laughs> that Big Ben is at the end of the line. 
five, five inter- picks. Come on, man. They we have a a list of guys that are at the end of the rope that they need to get out of the league and all retired list. <laughs> Who you got on all retired? Let list? me dig him up because it's it's pretty ugly right now. We have some guys out there that needs to think about wrapping it up. Joe Flacco. You think Joe Flacco's ready to go? Are you kidding? Joe Flacco is terrible. What's the trip is that how fast you get old in football. It's like boxing yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Like over immediately it it you just turn into an old man. Right. We got Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer is finished. Fake Sports Center just put up Adrian Peterson, Chris Johnson, Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald. The Cardinals offense is like a retirement community. <laughs> There you go. You see? I mean, we're right on point. Then who else do we have? We have... Uh, you got on your squad. Big Ben and Landry Jones' is backup. Both of them are terrible. Big Ben had contemplated contemplated um, retiring, and he should have stuck to it because he looks terrible. He hasn't been good all year. And you, this is something that you can't do half-hearted. No. Your mind might say yes, but your body is saying something else because he's had a and lot. My mind's telling me no. But what's your body telling you? <laughs> but your body... <laughs> Wow. We got Brian Hoyer. Jay I Cutler. I didn't know Brian Hoyer was still in the league. San Francisco. Jay Cutler, Case Keenum, Blake Bortles, Phillip Rivers, and Eli Manning. That's almost half the league, dude. And I didn't even throw it. I'm, just, I'm on the bubble with Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton looks like he may be ready to sign up. Yeah, because for a nice and now you're going to tell me that Colin Kaepernick can't fit in anywhere on any of these squads with these quarterbacks? These guys are terrible. And even beyond Colin Kaepernick, let's just get with somebody who can actually play. <laughs> right. Let's look at this situation down in Texas. This kid, Deshaun Watson. Is lighting it up. Five touches every week. And has been since he got his first snap in the league. He All he needed was the ball. All he needed was to get behind center. And instead, they wanted to play games and play grab ass with Tom Savage to start. Well, what may have cost them that first game. Right. Because Deshaun Jackson came in and got busy. Yeah. But you talk about a guy like Tom Savage. Let Tom Savage go and play somewhere with over yeah. these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah these yeah. guys are put a fork in them, man. Carson Palmer, okay. Carson Palmer's throwing three hundred yards now, but he's not getting in the end zone. He can't throw the ball down the field. You don't have uh, receivers that can stretch the field. I mean, he has receivers that actually can stretch the field, but he can't get the ball to him. I, I don't think that they understand that sometimes Tom Brady is you know it's very it's very rare for a player to play like he's playing at this age. But I don't Super think that. Rare. Yeah, but I don't think that he's. Taking, I don't know if it's ever happened. Before. Yeah, and I don't think that he's taking a punishment that most of these guys have taken. And he had that year off in the middle of his career because of the ACL injury. Right, Joe Flacco has had a bad back. I mean, what Andy Dalton had a shoulder injury before, didn't he? It seems like the bad back is really, yeah. which which bodes very poorly for the Raiders. Yeah, because Derek Carr may be want to think about it. You know, wrapping it up. It's a little early, but still, you know, he's on the the Tony Ro- Tony Romo mode. Right. Right. You know? Right. So it's it's bad right now, man. Phillip Rivers just looks like I don't even know. They just stick him up in the in the pocket now. Phillip Rivers looks like he should retire. Yeah. And forget about Eli Manning. <laughs> You'd like to forget about it. <laughs> Giants fans would love to forget about Eli Manning. And now they have no receivers with no quarterback? Are you kidding? Odell Beckham breaks his ankle. And um what is it? Brandon Marshall needs to have season-ending surgery. They haven't said what it's for, but he's having season-ending surgery as well. And they already lost their third receiver. So where do they go? I mean, do do you have a farm team or something? It's bad news in the NFL, man. Guys get busted up bad. You saw J.J. Watt got busted up bad. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for J.J. You see the big man cry. Man. Man. This is uh, this is unfortunate. Really unfortunate. Let's see. We got a caller we want to talk about. Fellas, what's going on today? You tell hey, me, hey. Trucker Dave, where you at in this great country, the United States of America? Uh, 
right now I'm heading east on I-40 in beautiful state of Arizona, just past Flagstaff. Zona, Zona, nice. who just picked up Adrian Peterson. I know it. And that was a great, uh, it was a great move because you know they uh, they only gave up a conditional pick, and he has 23 carries, 87 yards with uh, with New Orleans. They're not using him, but he's still averaging over three yards a carry. So. Yeah, and that's not yeah. bad. Definitely going to be better what they're getting now. Yeah, definitely going to be a much better improvement. You know, they're waiting for the running back to come back. Nick Johnson, so what a great feeling. Now, what do you think about this situation with the fan who decided that he wanted to try to get with all-pro 325-pound Donald Penn outside of the Raider game after the game? What do you think about this situation when the fans go bozo and decide that they want to do this stuff? Well, I think it's amazing. I think the fans just feel like, you know, we're the price of admission. So, meaning we can do whatever we want to do to you. So, uh, Donald Penn doesn't have any control over, <laughs> over, you know, over something like that. You know, he's on the offensive line and they have a, you know, three-game losing streak. That, that isn't on him. It's not on him. And also, one thing that you saw from that video, anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, there's a video circulating where after the game, the Raiders fans rate for the Raiders to leave the stadium. And then they decided to heckle Donald Penn, who got out of the car with his 6'6", 325-pound massive self and was ready to put in damage on this guy. And But but your man was ready to chunk him, too, though. I had to give, it, I give him he props. Was he was ready. To, that's how serious I was with the nation. He's like, yeah, hold my hand, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get him a dub. He's going to get him a win either way. No, he's going to get knocked out. He's what somebody's going to get. get a win, though, in the nation. Somebody in the nation is going to get a win because <laughs> somebody's getting knocked yeah, somebody's out. Somebody's going to the mountaintop. And I'm going to put my money on the, the professional <laughs> athlete. No question. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, but that 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 I I agree with Trucker Dave here. This the fans feel like they own you, and I can tell you that from my experience as well. People feel like they can do whatever they want to with you when they recognize you. A lot of touchy feely going on. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And then and certain people are not built for that. And, you right. know, certain people who are in the spotlight aren't built for that criticism. They aren't built for that physical nature of people of having to contain yourself when the other person can say and do whatever they want to yeah, do. Yeah, well, look at Penn, though. This dude just lost a game. If he's serious about his his thing, which most, he is, yeah, most athletes are not going to sit around and take a loss and then hear somebody that can't even play anything sit around and tell me. hundred <laughs> percent. Tell me about what you could do. <laughs> I better. can tell you yeah. what I could do. <laughs> this guy was. Yeah, I he's got the most. You have to look at who has the most to lose. Okay, so Donald Penn goes and fights this guy, breaks his nose. Now you got an assault charge. Yep. You're going to get sued. Just that. You know, it's not worth it. This is what I was telling T earlier about we went back and forth about Marshawn Lynch not wanting to speak. Hey, you're a public figure. But you have, but he's making his own show where he's speaking on that show. Well, you got to speak, man. I mean, that's that's one of the requirements. Wow. Well, but I it's, it's interesting. I think we got a bunch of injuries around the league, which changed the landscape of the league. Going into this week now, who do you feel like is most impressive and who you should look for in January? Well, it definitely has to be. I know it's obvious, but, you know, the Chiefs and the, and the uh, Carolina Panthers, uh, whenever you can run the ball like Kansas City can run the ball and you have a solid defense, what are you really missing? You got a special teams guy. Um they basically have it all. And it looks like, to me, the league has finally caught up to the Patriots. You know, it looks like their scheme, 
it looks like the speed of the game has caught up to Tom Brady. That's what um, I was thinking. It looks like the speed of the game has caught up to Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Yeah, so things are evolving. There's so many stars getting hurt, but there's new stars in the wing. Look at Leonard Fournette. The guy just went for 181 yards and two touchdowns, you know. I mean, it's awesome, man. I mean, it's awesome. You got great young quarterback play. But right now it's a little bit too early. But if Kansas City's playing this good early, I don't see them playing that bad late. Yeah, and then they have that other kid that if Alex Smith gets hurt, they have Mahomes that can come in and pick up – that can throw the ball, boy. That kid is ready to go. Yeah, that kid's ready to go. And, but look at Alex Smith. He's completing over 70% of his passes. Then you got Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Dallas with no defense. <laughs> when it counts, uh, you know, they scored a little bit too early. And uh, this, this I, just Dallas football, just can't yeah, beat Aaron Rodgers. But the Dallas, they just can't beat Dallas Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. coordinating problems because I don't understand why you were man-to-man down in a situation like that when you know that they need to get it in the end zone, at least play for the field goal, play a, a, a nice zone right there. You know what I'm saying? Why are you playing man-to-man? He bodied up, he pushed off, and he got a touchdown. They don't want to yep. win. They don't. They don't. I agree. They don't want to win. And they, there's too much controversy dealing with Jerry Jones. I wouldn't be surprised if players throw get, throw plays and uh, you know this. There's too much controversy going on. You don't like the owner because he's telling you he's acting like your daddy directly. And he's telling you what you can and can't do. And and you know right. I think I think there's just too much confusion going on with that situation. And it's because like we spoke about before, Jerry Jones is the star of the Cowboys. Yeah. It doesn't matter who is. The Cowboys quarterback, running back, coach, so on and so forth. Jerry Jones is the, that star on the center of the Dallas Cowboys field. It's true. Jerry's world. And 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 he has no interest in changing it's it. It's a lot like when Al Davis was alive. Yeah, but, yeah, but Al Davis really, was not Al Davis was overly supportive of his players. Yeah, but Al, Al Davis was a forward thinker. Yeah, he that's what I mean. He yeah. was like overly supportive. He was overly progressive to the point of like <laughs> discipline problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's really Jerry's NFL. I mean, he had a big part in bringing the Rams to uh... and the Raiders to Vegas. Yeah, he <laughs> has a big say, and that's why when you saw on on Ballers this season the character that's Jerry esque, you see that guy. He holds that sway in the league. Yeah, he does. He's very, very powerful. And I was told that he was the the one that really got Tony Romo that gig down there in CBS. I wouldn't know. Tony no question. Tony Romo, I'm surprised he's calling stuff before it even happens. Like, wow, that's from a quarterback's point of view, though. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're trying to do right now, they're trying to right now make uh, a new rule that every player has to stand now. Yeah. yeah, this is and this is what we were just speaking on. There's no there's no resolution to this thing, so it's a nightmare. Because either side backs down and in this pissing contest of bravado, then they both lose. But if either side compromises, then they also both lose on the ego tip. They need a resolution on both sides because this is has taken away from the game. Yeah. And and, it, and and it hasn't drawn attention to the actual issue. This is my biggest thing. And this is the president with his backroom dealings with the all these Trump supporters that were the owners in the NFL, you know, so they're making all these deals with him so that they can get these players pretty much under control. They got to get them under control. Yeah. They got to they got to plantation mentality. Yeah, and I think it's really hurting Colin Kaepernick because they're looking at him like, "Okay, you spearheaded this you were already blackballed, and he reached out to the Tennessee Titans, and the Titans said, nope, we're not interested. Everybody that needs a quarterback is like, you know what? We'd just rather go with a guy like Jake Cutler than you. And if you look <laughs> up white, you know, in the dictionary, you will find a picture of Jake Cutler. 
it would be him right there. That guy's got more chances than anybody that I know. Unbelievable, man. Man. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right, Trucker Dave. We're moving fast on the Ozone today. Appreciate your input. Be careful out there and give us a toot toot when you get a minute. <laughs> there we go. Chucker Dave, ladies and gentlemen, always a family of the Ozone. It's a really good point that he brought up there. It's a really good point. Which one? Just uh, talking about how they're trying to enact a rule, and in enacting that rule, it basically justifies them making Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, the spearhead of this movement, despite the fact that he hasn't been playing, and he even played ball with them by giving them their money back when he right. didn't have to. I I would never get over that. I, I mean, neither. I think it was like sixty million dollars. Yeah, and he needs that now. He's because he's not going to be able to find work anywhere. Well, the movement needs that in general. Yeah. Oh, we got another caller talking college. What up? Next victim live in the Ozone. What's happening? Chilling. What's good, neighborhood? You got it. Man, you got it. You Apparently, you do have it. You talked about Michigan State putting the hurting on Michigan in Michigan. I mean, I'm going to have to start taking your picks to Vegas. What's happening, victim? Man, you better roll with me too, Vegas. I'm mad at myself that I didn't put nothing on on, on these picks. But uh, I, Man. I did. You know, I put a million on it. Because I put it on the ozone. <laughs> Somebody came up, and that's what matters. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. bro. What do you got doing? today, man? Well, you know, we're 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 moving and shaking over here, talking about the state of the union and how the kneeling protest has gotten out of hand. In the sense that the message has been hijacked, they've made it about something else, and now there's really no path to resolution for either side. And this is this is the lose lose, and it's just another situation in the United States where the division is reigning supreme. Uh, and and we're talking about baseball, we're talking about potential game fives, win or go homes. We got all kind of stuff popping on the ozone. I'm trying to figure out your take on college football, and I got a and I got a heavyweight uh, proposition for you as well. Okay, so let's let's hit this college football up real quick. Let's hit him as you are as you already mentioned. Uh, you know. If you pick Michigan State, them Spartans, you know, you won. So Michigan State, well, it was it was an excellent game. Um, in Ann Arbor, the rain started coming down, changed the, the complete, you know, role of the game. So then it became just, you know, in between the lines where it was handoff, handoff, run, 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 you know, turnovers. Uh, Michigan State ended up pulling it off 14 to 10. Hardball is can't handle um, – Michigan State at all. So, and and as mentioned, it's like Michigan State plays the right style of football, right. which is you know NFL, you know professional type football. And Michigan um, still wants to run the spread offense, and that stuff doesn't work when you're playing against a a, a powerhouse. But um, the the regulars won. You know, Alabama beat Texas A&M. Wake Forest lost to my boys, my other boys, Clemson, twenty-eight fourteen. One of the other upsets was Iowa State pulling off a game against um, my Oklahoma Young Sooners. I saw that um, and planted the flag in the middle of the field. How disrespectful. Yeah. Literally planted a flag. Disrespectful. You're not supposed to do that ever, but it was done. <laughs> <laughs> it was done, you know. So at this point, Oklahoma dropped from number three to like all the way to number 12 which is a big move. Um, so they, you know, they college uh, championship, it may be, it may be a wrap for them, but they're young. 
you know, so next year, a couple of years after that, they'll be ready. Um, Penn State still in the game, 31 to seven over Northwestern. My boy Saquon Barkley, the, the, he made his stage in a Rose Bowl last year when he ran all over them boys. So um, he's still a Heisman candidate. But other games, we'll say, you know, SC pulled it off. Oregon lost to Washington State, another team to watch, look out for in the Pac-12. Um, another good game, uh, it was Miami over Florida State. I yeah, know wow, I that was a up, surprise to me. That was a big surprise because it was in Florida State. It was in, in Tallahassee. So that was a big game. And growing up back in the day in the early 90s, when you had prime time, you had the Ray Lewis's, this was this used to be the rivalry game that would take place that you would be in front of your TV eating Cheerios, Fruit Loops, whatever, <laughs> to watch this game. So much talent. There's so many Hall of Famers in them games back then. Now it's just a game. <laughs> it's just a game. Right. But it was, it was an exciting game, and um, Miami ended up pulling it off on uh, a minute and a half drill that went about 80 yards. And, man, the catch at the end, was it was dope. It was dope. It was like playing EA Sports or something. <laughs> it's in the game. And what do you got this weekend? <laughs> Give me one of your magical picks. Ooh, <laughs> you got this weekend is what I want to know about. This week. Man, it's a couple of games that, I, that, that catches my eye. Clemson is playing Syracuse. Uh, that one may be if I will go on the points on that one because depending on if the quarterback for Clemson, he got hurt this past weekend. So I will go with the odds on that one, whatever Syracuse, uh, what the spread is. Um, this week there's no big – I wouldn't no, – no big upsets for myself. Oh, okay. It's so just going to so be – You think it's all square biz this week? Pretty square biz. Pretty square. Everything is going to – it's going to be close because – you know the college football season is right in the in the middle and a heartbeat of it, and everyone is uh, you know the injuries and the the different style of plays, the weather, the climate, everything is taking place right now. So the games are going to get a little bit tighter. They're going to be a little bit more exciting. So I'm just going to I'm, I'm going to go with the with all the favorites this week. All right. I don't see no big upsets. All right. Well, we're going to move into uh and I think that's the right way to play. I have a problem when I when I gamble sometimes I want to force a, a surprise upset and then I'm the one that's surprised and upset. <laughs> Doesn't work out you the right roll way. With your boy then. You better roll with your boy. <laughs> right now what we're going to roll with is one man out of Alabama, out of Tuscaloosa, named the Bronze Bomber. He's the WBC World Heavyweight Champion. And there's some interesting stuff going on in the heavyweight division in boxing. And we want to speak on it right now. I just want to know what the hell is going on in the heavyweight division. What is going on? I just woke up to multiples of articles where Josh was stating that he's just not mentally, physically, emotionally ready for me. That it may take up to 2020 until he can build up the courage to really fight me. Basically talking about getting me old. And don't you know this black don't crack? I ain't get old no time soon. Trust me. Trust me. Is these guys that scared? I keep telling y'all guys over and over again. I'm the most feared. Again, I repeat, I am the most feared heavyweight in the division. These, man, none of these champions, the best, don't want they owe to go. They don't want to lose that record. And then Hearns talking about he'll knock me out in three. Didn't make the motherfucking fight then. 
Why you scared? It's either two things. Either y'all scared or y'all doping too. Which one is? Rob's bomber, Deontay got something to say. To which to which Anthony Joshua responded. To which Anthony Joshua responded, Hey, look, soon I'll be ramming my jab down Wilder's throat. And Anthony <laughs> Anthony Joshua said that and classic down south work. <laughs> Deontay Wilder responded with, You gonna be ramming your jab down my throat? <laughs> Ew. To be honest, this don't sound too good unless it's some next level ish. I guess I had to sun you and teach you how a champion post to talk when they hear you. They shall also feel you. Church. First lesson. Next time, I'd rather hear how you gonna knock my ass out. Make me smile. I don't want <laughs> I'm a real one to make them all talk. I'll bring it out. He didn't appreciate that ram down the throat. Did, I'm with I'm with the champ on this one. That one didn't sound right. That was some Euro work. That was <laughs> <laughs> We don't play like that out here. That was Euro that was Euro slang. <laughs> AJ didn't know that, that, that that's not all that's stateside. That doesn't sound like a, a that doesn't sound like a, a fighting threat. That sounds like something else. Sounds like something else. Right. Being interested in. And it's very interesting to see because as they build up, obviously this is part of the build up to actually making that fight. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard a fighter just come out and say, like Joshua said, that he wasn't necessarily prepared to take on an opponent. It's a, there's an honesty there. And right. Honestly, seems like he is prepared. I don't know what he needs to do because to me, after judging from Did his you last hear him fight. Say that? Or did you read whatever it came from? Yeah, he had a he had a uh, he had a uh, thing where he was saying, yeah, yeah, he's I have to give Wilder his props, uh, but we're not prepared to fight just yet. But it, he's definitely on the radar because I have to put him on the radar. Blah 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 blah. And he, was, I just think that it's a, a situation where you have to deflect to your promoters, and yeah. he didn't do it the right way. He didn't follow I, I protocol. Think so. I think he's young. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think that Anthony Joshua is scared. I can't younger. imagine, especially after fighting, especially yeah, after fighting Klitschko. I can't imagine. <laughs> you should be afraid of anybody out there. Cut. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Last piece that I want to speak on, quick, fast, and in a hurry, is uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers just named Dwayne Wade their fifth starter. Honestly, the Cleveland Cavaliers have maybe the best team in basketball, one of the best teams in basketball, obviously. Obviously, everybody feels like, and all the GMs feel like, it's Warriors than everybody else. But I think if that team can gel and stay healthy, they can give everybody problems. Everybody. Uh, because if you look at Derrick Rose's numbers, Derrick Rose's numbers are legit. Um, Dwayne Wade knows how to win, even though he's old. Hopefully, Teron Lue doesn't use him, overuse him. Um, and then you have the the surprise anomaly, which has nothing to do with the Cavs, but just has to do with big money in basketball, that Joel Embiid has just signed $450 million over five years, despite yeah. the fact that he's never played a full season. Right, He's not even proven. Can you believe That's this crazy. world that we're living in now? crazy it just shows you how much money that's in the league if they're willing to do something like that and how great their union is yeah not like the nfl what do you think about the hoops come the upcoming hoop season tipper man you just named the cleveland cavaliers starter and some on the bench they got five mvps <laughs> wow <laughs> oh wow! They led the league in MVPs. <laughs> they got a. They have a. They have a lot of MVPs, man. They past the present, right? 
And they are the Cleveland MVP. <laughs> and you know what that squad that they have, you know who really gets the shine on that is Kevin Love. He should. He yeah. should really show out. I mean, there's so many pieces out there that you can't just try to lock up one person. They're going to have to come up with, with a team. If these guys play to anywhere close to their potential, you're going to have to come up with some kind of new scheme defensively to stop them. I mean, the second you know team is a starting team, is, is ready to be a starting team. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think this is going to give LeBron the opportunity to, to rest, you know, during certain games. And then in the, after the All-Star break, pull the Shaquille O'Neal and just come out and pound in dudes. You have, all these, you have all these MVP players on this team. And that's, you know, one coming off the bench. We're two coming off the bench with, with D-Rose and IT. Coming off the bench. Come on, man. It's good money. These dudes are for these dudes are for real. They should go seventy five and seven. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be hard to beat them, and those losses might come to the Timberwolves. <laughs> but uh, but it is going to be hard to beat them. Just like it's going to be hard to beat them, them Thunder. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the Thunder, the Thunder are going to beat themselves. No, they're not. Yeah, we'll you see. are. You are an Oklahoma City hater. I'm not. I'm not hating. I'm just stating facts, dude. Why? Because they why? need to be stated. That's why I'm stating facts. Why they got three all stars on their team with Stephen Adams down there? Yeah, Pretty they got much. three uh, three all stars on their team with Stephen Adams, but you have a ball hog. Come on now, who's Paul the Carmelo? ball hog? He didn't have nobody last year. You got Russell hog? Westbrook. Remember, you said Victor Oladipo was, oh, yeah, he's a, a, he's a superstar. No, not even calling him potentials. They called him a superstar. I want to know where did the yeah. where did the, the Thunder go last year? Where did Victor Oladipo go last year? <laughs> he went home with the Thunder. He went home with the Thunder. That's right. <laughs> you stretching. You stretching. I'm stretching. That's the truth. Did, did he go home you or didn't he? That out. No, it's a, he that's, went home. That's a, that's that's his that's convenient. Right. That's his convenient. That convenience is the truth. I'm stating facts. LeBron went home last year. Now what? He did, but that was all the way up to the championship. But he went and home. He, he didn't went get home. the win. So if that's, so you, if that's but he just metric, asked me a question. He just asked me a question. Metric, where did he go? If I'm telling him that he went home with the Thunder, and Russell Westbrook will send him home again because he's a ball hog. Yeah. We'll see no, about that. It's about to start up real ah, soon. You're going to learn. Get it out. You're going to learn. All right, victim. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you sooner than All later. Right. We're going to leave everybody with a quote here. we got to wrap it up on the Ozone. And it is a quote about unity because that's what I feel like we need. It's individually we are a drop. But together, folks, we are an ocean. Live and love your fellow people, your fellow man. I'm your host, Omar Miller. This is the Ozone. Out. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the light.